Do you ever wonder if your life really matters? Pastor Rick says God has a good plan and purpose for your life. This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope, the audio broadcast ministry of Pastor Rick Warren. Today we continue in our series called Live Your Calling. What on earth am I here for? In these lessons, you'll discover that real meaning and significance come from understanding and fulfilling God's purpose for you here on earth. This September, when you join our Partner in Hope family by signing up for automated monthly giving, we'll send you a special welcome gift as our way of saying thanks. To find out more, go to PastorRick.com or you can text the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. Right now, here's Pastor Rick Warren with a message called, You Are Called to Bless. Good morning, everybody. Good to see you. If you'll take out your message notes, welcome to Live Your Calling. What on earth am I here for? And we're looking at the five callings of your life, the five purposes of your life, the five reasons God created you, the five assignments that he has for your life. The word calling is used more than even the word purpose in the Bible. And, we, and we've looked at these first four, or three so far, we looked at God's first calling in your life is your call to be loved. God made you to love you. The second calling is you're called to belong, to belong to his family, the body of Christ, the family of God. Last week we looked at your third calling, you're called to become. God wants you to grow up, he wants you to mature, he wants you to become who he wants you to be. This week we're gonna look at the fourth calling on your life and it is you are called to bless. You're called to bless other people. Now how do you do that? You bless other people when you serve them. It may be physical assistance, it may be financial assistance, it may be emotional support, it could be relational support, it could be uh, practical support. There are a thousand different ways that you can serve the people around you. And when you serve others, the Bible says you actually bless them. Now I want you to write this down uh, on your outline. The fourth purpose of my life is God shaped me to serve him. God shaped me to serve him. I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on this because we've covered this many, many times at Saddleback that God has uniquely shaped you with five elements, your spiritual gifts, your heart, your abilities, your personality, your experiences. We've covered this many times. That God wired you to be you and he shaped you to serve him. Ephesians 2.10 explains this. By the way, this is our memory verse this week. So let's read it aloud with great enthusiasm, all right? Let's say it, Ephesians 2.10. We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do, Ephesians 2.10. I want you to work on that this week. It says we are God's workmanship. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. You are God's masterpiece. You are God's work of art. You are unique, there's nobody like you in the world. And you were created in Christ Jesus to do good works. That good works is called your service. It's called your ministry. It's called your blessing. It's the way you help other people. You weren't made to just take up space, breathe, live a self-centered life and die. God put you here to make a contribution with your life and that is called your ministry. Another word for blessing, another word for service is ministry. The word servant and the word minister are the same word in the Bible. And the word service and ministry are the same words. The fact is we're all ministers. 
Now, we're not all pastors. I'm a pastor. My job is to administer the ministers. So if somebody ever asks you, how many ministers does our church have? You say 30,000. Because everybody is a minister. So I want you to write this down. My life calling is to be a bivocational minister of Jesus. I'm gonna have to explain this to you. My life calling is to be a bivocational minister of Jesus. Now what does bivocational mean? Well, it's like the word bifocal. You know when you get glasses that are bifocals, it means you can see two things at the same time. You can see far away and you can see up close. You can see both with clarity. And when you are a bivocational minister of Jesus, it means that no matter what you do in life, you do it for two reasons, not one. You are a bivocational minister. So whether you're a truck driver or an attorney or a janitor or a hospice worker or a homemaker or a teacher or a deal maker or a stockbroker or an accountant or a farmer, it doesn't matter what you are, if you're a Christian, you are to do it for two reasons. To help others and to honor God. To help others and to honor God to help others and honor God. Everything I do in life, if I'm a follower of Jesus, is bivocational. I have a job, but in that job I do it to help others and to honor God, to help others and honor God. I am a bivocational minister of Jesus Christ. Look up here on the screen, Colossians 3.17. Whatever you do, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So it says whatever you do, it can be a ministry, it can be a blessing if you honor God and you help others in it. Whatever you do, you do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. I can take out the garbage as a ministry. I can change a dirty diaper as a ministry. I can clean the living room, I can make a deal, I can help somebody across the street. Everything in your life can become a ministry if you do it to help others and honor God. And he says, whatever you do, it becomes part of your ministry if you have the right motivation. I want you to write this down. Menial tasks become meaningful tasks when I do do it out of love for God. Menial tasks become meaningful tasks if I do it out of my love for Jesus, for God. So everything in your life becomes significant. Really, um, let's say uh, you're at a meeting in your office at where you work, and all of a sudden the meeting's over and everybody gets up to walk out and they've left coffee cups and uh, trash and all kinds of, and you just decide, I'm gonna clean that up. Everybody, it's not my job, but I'm gonna clean that up to help people and honor God. And so while they're all gone, you clean off the table and you put it all in the trash when they just walked out expecting somebody else to do it. You have just done a ministry. And God will notice and God will reward you for it. Now the fact is, the calling to salvation and the calling to service are the same. So when you became a believer, When you stepped across the line, you weren't just called to be saved, you were called to serve. You're saved to serve, to make a difference with your life. And as I said, every member is a minister and everybody has a ministry. Galatians 1, chapter chapter 1, verse 15 says this. God in his grace chose me even before I was born and called me to 
serve him. Circle that last phrase, call me to serve him. This is the fourth purpose of your life. This is the fourth calling on your life. You are called to serve. You're shaped to serve. You're made for ministry. You're called to bless. What happens if I begin to use my life in this fourth calling? When I begin to stop thinking about me all the time and begin to start thinking about other people in my life, begin to think about not how can I be served, but how can I serve others? Well, it brings four amazing benefits. The first thing that happens, you might write this down, is that serving others unselfishly will create joy in my life. It creates enormous, massive amounts of joy in my life. Most people are looking for happiness in all the wrong places. You don't find happiness in pleasure, power, possessions, position, prestige, you know, all of these different things that we typically look for, popularity. Success doesn't bring satisfaction. Sex doesn't bring satisfaction. Salary doesn't bring satisfaction. Status doesn't bring satisfaction. Those are all temporary. For permanent, ongoing joy, it comes not through sex, status, salary. It comes through service. By giving my life away. God wired us that when you give your life away, that's when the joy flows into your heart. Why? Because he wants you to be like him. Most people don't know the two secrets of joy, but I'm gonna give them to you right now. Here they are. Number one, the first secret of joy is get the focus off myself. The more you focus on you, the more miserable you're gonna be. It is not by accident that the word miser and miserable come from the same root word. You've gotta shift your focus from inward focus, it's all about me, to outward focus, it's all about God and serving others. Now when you do that, that is a counterculture move because everything in our society says it's all about you. Every advertisement says it's all about you, we do it all for you, have it your way, you're number one, you're the best. But when you begin to give your life away, the more you give your life away to help others, guess what, the more joy flows into your life. Good example of this is the Apostle Paul. Philippians chapter two, verse 17, he says, my life is being poured out as a part of the sacrifice and service, there's those words, as a part of the sacrifice and service I offer to God for your faith. Yet, he says, in spite of this sacrifice and service, I am filled with joy and I share that joy with all of you. It is a fact of life that the most helpful people are the most happy people in life. If you wanna be happy, you gotta be helpful. The more helpful you are, the more happy you are. The more self-centered you are, the more unhappy you're gonna be in life. It's just the way the universe works. So joy floods into my soul when I begin to give it away. God wired the universe that the more unselfish you are, the more joy flows into your life. The Bible says this in Philippians 4, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are unselfish and considerate in all you do. Now, notice how he pairs joy with being unselfish and considerate. If you are inconsiderate and you are selfish, you're not gonna be joyful. But if you are unselfish and you are considerate, you're gonna be joyful. I'll, I'll be real blunt with you. Look at this verse up on the screen. Philippians 1, 4 says, forget about yourself long enough to lend a helping hand. 
(laughs) That should have been our memory verse this week. It's shorter. (laughs) Forget about yourself long enough to lend a helping hand. If you lack joy in your life, you're not happy right now, let me tell you, start serving. Start finding a place where you can volunteer to give part of your time away and you get nothing in return. You're not paid for it. You're you're just giving your life away. If there's nothing in your life that you are doing, say on a weekly basis, on which you're just doing it for others' benefit, not for your own, if there's nothing in your life like that, you're living a pretty selfish life. And God didn't put you on this planet just to live for you. You gotta give back. You gotta make a contribution. You gotta be unselfish. That's where the joy comes from. Number two, the other way joy comes is when I use my gifts to help others. Joy comes from getting the focus off myself and joy comes from using my gifts to help others. And when you use the gifts that God gave you to help other people, it feels good. I was reading an article this week about the Oscar contenders for the Academy Awards this year. Some of, one of the actors said, I was created, I was made for this role. And you know that feeling, that's how you feel when you know I'm doing what God made me to do, what God wired me to do. First Peter 4.10 says this, God has given each of you some special abilities. Be sure to use them to make a ton of money. <laughs> oh, sorry, I misread that. That's in the reviled substandard perversion translation. <laughs> God has given each of you some special abilities. Be sure to use them to read it with me. Help each other. Okay? Passing on to others God's many kinds of blessing. We're blessed to be a blessing. God blesses you so you can bless other people. We're blessed to be a blessing. And how do we bless others? We bless others by using our skills, by using our time, our talents, whatever we've got. When we use it to help other people in service, you bless other people. Number two, surviving others unselfishly, or serving others unselfishly, will create not only joy in my life, it will improve my relationships. And boy, do we need this one. Your relationships will get better the more you learn how to serve. And that's something you gotta practice at. I will, it will improve my relationships. Why? Because the root of every single relational problem in your life is self-centeredness. Now there are other issues that come in, but at the root, it's selfishness. I want what I want when I want it, and you what you you want when you want it, and neither of us are willing to budge and give in and change. And I want it my way, and you want it your way, and that causes conflict. The verse verse that Kay and I memorized when we were uh, actually on our honeymoon was Proverbs 13, 10, only by pride cometh contention. In other words, when you have an ego, you're gonna have conflict. Anytime you're having a conflict in your marriage, ego is showing up, and you're not being a servant. You're being selfish. But the more you practice, the more you learn to get yourself out of yourself, get a bigger perspective, you begin to serve unselfishly, it's gonna change and improve every single one of your relationships. Because you change, it changes your relationships. You see, friends, life is the lifelong task, the lifelong school, of learning how to be unselfish. 
Unfortunately, some people never learn it. They go through all of life living for themselves. The whole task of life, why God put you here, is to learn unselfishness. Why? Because God is love and God wants you to learn to be like him. So how do I learn to be unselfish? Simple, copy Jesus. Because he lived the most unselfish life ever. Your attitude, your attitude must be like my own, Jesus says. For I did not come to be served, but to serve. Now, when you take on the attitude of Jesus, and you begin to live your life not for the benefit of yourself, but you begin to live your life for the benefit of others, to help others and honor God, help others and honor God, you accept you're a bivocational minister of God, two incredible benefits happen. One, you become more like Jesus, and two, you're more loved, respected, you're more popular. If you wanna have more friends, learn to be a servant. If you wanna learn to have, be more popular, learn to be a servant. If you want people to love you, like you, to respect you, learn to be a servant. Don't try to be interesting, be interested. Be interested in others. That's how you make it at a party. Be interested in others. Don't think you're the greatest person in the world because everybody is interested only in themselves. And when finally somebody is interested in them, they think you're the greatest conversationalist that ever lived. Here's what the Bible says, Romans 14, 18. If you serve Christ in this way, unselfishly serving, you will please God, notice, and be respected by people. You want to be respected by people? Learn to have a servant's heart. And here's the cool part of all this. The more I bless other people, the more God blesses me. The more I serve others, the more God honors me. The more I bless other people, the more I minister to other people, the more God ministers to me. Let me show you some verses up here on the screen. Proverbs eleven twenty five. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed, and those who help others are helped. In other words, it's the principle of sowing and reaping. Whatever seed I sow, I'm gonna get back. But I don't get back a seed. If I plant a seed, I don't get back one seed. I get a whole tree of seeds. And so if you start blessing other people, you get tons of blessing back. You start helping other people, you get tons of help back. You get more than you bargained for. Blessing others gives me blessing. You know, I, when people tell me, you know, I'd really like to be involved in service, but I'm just too busy. I'm just, I don't have any time to really be involved in volunteering anywhere. I'm just too busy. Then you just forfeited God's blessing on your business. I really feel sad for you. You want God's blessing on your business? God does not bless selfishness. You want God's blessing on your business and on your work so badly? God's saying, are you giving anything away? Are you thinking only about yourself? Is it all about you? Are you, you think I put you on earth just to live for you? No, the more you give your life away, the more God blesses you. Look at these verses, Proverbs 17, 11. You do yourself a favor when you're kind. Isn't that interesting? You do yourself a favor when you're kind. And the Bible says in Proverbs 22, nine, a generous man will himself be blessed. So. If I want God's blessing on my life, I've gotta be a blessing in other people's life. And if I want better relationships, I need to start serving. Number three, serving others unselfishly will make my life meaningful. That's the third big surprise that most people won't know. The only way you find meaning in life is to give your life away. 
God wired the universe on this principle. Meaning does not come from money. We think if I just get more money, then my life will have more meaning. No, it will not. Money has many good uses. It can make life easier, it can give you opportunities, it can open doors, it can save you time, but money cannot give you meaning. No amount of money will ever give your life meaning. Meaning comes from ministry, from giving your life away. Jesus said it like this, Mark 8, 35. If you try to keep your life for yourself, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, for the sake of the good news, you will find true life. Circle those last two words. True life comes from giving my life away. Now knowing this, what should be my attitude toward service? 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says this. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your work in the Lord is never wasted. Now notice a couple words in that verse. It says always give yourself fully. That word fully Parasio in Greek, it literally means not half-hearted. You just totally, I'm all in, I'm jumping in, I'm, I'm going in the deep end. Give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your work in the Lord is never wasted. That word wasted is, is kinos, it means empty, it means useless, it means without purpose. Everything you do for Christ has a purpose. And it may seem insignificant, and maybe nobody else seems to know about it, but it's, it's important. The Bible says even if you give a cup of cold water in God's name, in Jesus' name, that you get rewarded for that in eternity. And that brings me to the fourth reason. What will happen if I use my life to serve and bless others? If I switch the focus from it's all about me to switch the focus on how many people can I serve, how can I honor God by helping others? creates joy in my life, it improves my relationships, it makes my life meaningful, and the fourth thing is it will leave a legacy. It will leave a legacy. You will leave a mark. Actually, you'll leave two legacies, one on earth and one in eternity. The one on earth isn't gonna last very long because after about three generations, everybody forgets you. Given enough time, all your trophies are gonna be trashed. All the things you think are so cool right now, two generations, nobody's gonna care. You may get your name on a building, nobody's even gonna ask, who was that person? So what? But the rewards you get in eternity are gonna go on and on and on and on forever. But when you begin to serve, what it, what it does is it gives you a reputation. The Bible says this, Proverbs 10, verse seven. Good people will be remembered as a blessing. Let me ask you, what are you going to be remembered for? If you were to die tomorrow, would people say, man, that person was a real blessing. They really lived for other people. They served. They were sharing. They were generous. They were kind. They were always thinking of other people. Or would they think, boy, they were pretty self-centered. They only had their goals. They only went after what they wanted. They didn't really care about anybody else. Didn't take care of their wife or their kids or any. You know, they just lived their life, did what they wanted to do. What do you want to be known for? Good people will be remembered as a blessing. Now the truth is, everybody wants their life to count. Deep down inside of you, you want your life to have significance. You want your life to have meaning. You want your life to have purpose. You want to do something great with your life. Everybody wants that. 
And there's nothing wrong with that, to do something great with your life. You ought to want to do something great with your life. Here's how Jesus said you become great. Matthew 20, 26. If you want to be great, you must be the servant of all the others. The more you serve, the greater you're going to be. The more you serve, the more influence you'll have. I call it the Mother Teresa syndrome. Mother Teresa went to the poorest of the poor, the most outcast of the outcast in Calcutta, India, to people who are on the street and dying. Nobody has less influence than them. And she began to take the dying into her home, and she cared for them, and she began to serve those that everybody was trampling over. And as she went to the least influential people of life, God gave her enormous influence around the world so that she could walk into the Congress and everybody would listen. She could walk into the United Nations and everybody would listen. If you want to be great, you learn to be the servant of all. You know, for 30 years, I've been training leaders around the world, you know, lots of different countries, and I've discovered that when I hold a leadership seminar, it's packed out. If I call it a service seminar, nobody wants to come. In fact, even when we want to be servants, we say, well, we want to be a servant leader. Why not just leave the leader part off, just be a servant? If you want to be a great, learn to be the servant of all. If you go on to Amazon.com, for every 500 books on leadership, you'll find one book on being a servant. We got our values all upside down. The way you become great is by giving your life away. You say, but nobody's gonna see my secret acts of service. God will. Like if you clean up that table, when everybody's left the room, God will see that. And the Bible says this in Hebrews 6.10, God is fair. He will not forget the work you did and the love you showed for him by helping his people. And he will remember that you are still helping them. In fact, Jesus makes this promise in John 12.26. My Father will honor anyone who serves me. Now friends, that honor right there is more important than winning the Nobel Peace Prize. You're not gonna win the Congressional Medal of Honor. You're not gonna win the Nobel Peace Prize, but you can win that prize. My Father will honor anyone who serves me. And if you wanna leave a legacy, then you need to start serving. Unselfishly, doing something with your life that you don't get something back for uh, you know, monetarily. You've heard me say before that the greatest use of life is to invest it in that which outlasts it. You got three choices with your life. You can spend your life, you can waste your life, you can invest your life. And the best use of your life is to invest it in that which will outlast it. There are only two things gonna last in the world. Only two, the Word of God and people. So if you build your life on the Word of God and the people, then you are building your life on the things that are gonna last. This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. If you've missed any part of this message, or if you'd like to find out more about Pastor Rick Warren and this ministry, just visit PastorRick.com, where you can listen online anytime. That's Pastor Rick with two R's in the middle, dot com. Be sure to sign up for Rick's free daily email devotional while you're there. Rick will be back to close out our time today, but first... Over the last couple of years, we've all experienced worldwide changes and events that have impacted us in profound and sometimes unimaginable ways. 
For many of us, those changes will impact our lives for years to come. Pastor Rick believes that now more than ever, people need God's Word and the hope that it brings. That's why he's asked us to invite you to become a partner in hope. It's so easy to join. You simply let us know how much you'd like to give each month, and we'll set up an easy, regular donation plan for you. But please know that if for any reason you're not able to help financially at this time, we absolutely get that. In fact, the most important way you can help Daily Hope is to pray for us. And we'll pray for you. If you can give at this time, please know that your sustained monthly support will help us to continue broadcasting the life-transforming message of the gospel on radio, TV, podcast, the Daily Hope app, and across the internet. If you choose to become a partner in hope with automated monthly giving, we'll also send you a very special welcome gift to show our appreciation. Go to PastorRick.com or just text the word DAILY to 800-600-5004 to become a partner in hope. That's PastorRick.com or the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. And now here's Pastor Rick with a letter from one of our listeners. You know, we get letters and emails from people all around the world and from all ages. And here's one that I got from a listener in Indonesia. His name is Stephen, and he's 12 years old. He wrote, Dear Pastor Rick, thank you for the powerful way that you've impacted my life. I'm just a 12-year-old schoolboy in Jakarta, Indonesia, but I listen to the broadcast every morning on the way to school. My life has changed completely this year. I'm at a new school, and my family's just about recovered from some financial problems, but I'm still having to learn a whole new way of life. Some days I really feel bad, and I ask God to help me. But then the Daily Hope broadcast comes on the radio, and you always say something that helps me feel better, and I know that at that moment, God is trying to speak directly to me through you. So thank you ever so much. (laughs) Well, thank you ever so much, Stephen. I love hearing from people like you literally all around the world who've been impacted through, through Daily Hope. You know, by the way, I want to thank all of those of you who support us regularly with your financial gifts every month. We can't do this without you. But because of you, we're able to minister to people like this 12-year-old uh, boy, Stephen, in Jakarta, Indonesia. You're never going to know this side of heaven, the number of lives that you have impacted because of your gifts to daily hope. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. When we get to heaven, we're all going to rejoice and see the results there. If you'd like to let Rick know how this broadcast has blessed you, please feel free to send him an email at rick at pastorrick.com. That's rick at pastorrick.com. Be sure to join us again next time as we look into God's Word for our daily hope. This program is sponsored by Pastor Rick's Daily Hope and your generous financial support.